My guest today on the Courage of a Leader podcast is Elizabeth Bachman. With a lifetime spent perfecting the art of presenting, Elizabeth helps high-level clients master a message that brings the funding they need, the allies they want, the results they desire, and the recognition they deserve. I am so glad you're here to tune in to get Elizabeth's practical guidance and examples that will help you elevate and strengthen your message. Welcome to the Courage of a Leader podcast. This is where you hear real-life stories of top leaders achieving extraordinary results, and you get practical advice and techniques you can immediately apply for your own success. This is where you will get inspired and take bold, courageous action. I'm so glad you can join us. I'm your host, Amy Riley. Now, are you ready to step into the full power of your leadership and achieve the results you care about most? Let's ignite the courage of a leader. I'm glad to be with you today, Elizabeth, uh, to talk about being heard and how presentation skills can help you be heard and achieve the results that you want to achieve. And I really appreciate your positioning on this topic or this skill set that you're not just about let's show up polished. You're also about how do we get the stuff done that we want to get done? How do we get the results? So how did you come to believe? in the power of presentation skills, Elizabeth. First of all, I'm so happy to be on this podcast. You've been a guest on my podcast and and oh boy, this was really fun. So I'm honored to be your guest. I, I think I like to think I've been dedicated to the art of great present, great communication since I first walked on stage at the age of five. And afterwards, my mom, I heard my mom tell her friends that I was the best bunny rabbit ever to (laughs) grace the stage of the hillside school. And I was hooked, just like, oh, they like it. So I thought I was gonna be a famous actor uh, on Broadway. Um, By the time I got to college, I realized I was actually a better director than I'm an actor. I'm an oldest child, so, when I told my little sisters that I was going to be change my major to directing instead of acting, they said, well, duh, you boss everyone around anyway. Might as well give up and get paid for it. So I got a degree in directing and French. Yes. And wound up directing operas yeah. and spent 30 years as an international opera director around the world great fun. Took me to pretty much every continent except Australia and including running an opera company. And now what I do is I leverage that to help people in business show up and be heard. And it turns out that presentation skills in my mind is so much more than giving a speech. At a certain level, if you want to get from, say, director or senior director to vice president or C-level, you've got to be doing public speaking. 
But even, but before that, to get from, say, from manager to director, a lot of people get stuck at manager mm. and they never get up to director because because of the way they show up mm-hmm. or don't show up mm-hmm. in within their organization. And so that's really what I focus on is helping people who are usually pretty smart, yeah. but get taken for granted or ignored. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's because of gender. Sometimes it's because of age. You could be older or younger than everyone else in your company. Um, I do a lot of work in Silicon Valley. So people who are over 40 have a hard time being heard in Silicon Valley. Yes. Because that's the, it's basically if you're, if you're not part of the dominant culture. Exactly. It could be nationality. It could be any of the other, the other things that make you other. I, I work mostly with high level women in tech and law, helping them show up mostly because I have personally made all the mistakes myself. <laughs> so uh, of all the successes I've had, I've also wasted years waiting to be recognized for my good work instead of actually marketing myself, you know, that I was the product, mm-hmm. if you will, yeah. and making sure that the right people knew what I was good at. Yeah. Excellent, Elizabeth. So let's say that you are the youngest in the room or the oldest in the room or the only one without an engineering degree or one of the few people of color and your ideas are not getting heard, right? Or you're getting stuck at manager, right? You're not getting the visibility and the respect and credibility in the platform to get to director. The other piece of that is you're stuck at manager and you're watching the promotions Mm -hmm. go to louder, flashier people who who are getting all the attention that should be getting to you. Yep. So the first thing is, but I think of it as strategy, script, and style. That's like break it down into three sections. What's your strategy? Mm-hmm. Who needs to know what you're good at and what you want? So if you're not being heard, it's so much it's before it's whether you're not being heard. It's why are they not listening? Mm-hmm. Are they not listening because there are other people who are louder mm-hmm. or because you're female and the the men are talking over you, which is something that Nobody really trains you to do that. Society socializes us. I don't think it's anybody's fault. Mm-hmm. I think it's just it's social conditioning. And if you're being talked over in a meeting, then the key thing is to find your allies mm-hmm. and make sure that you have an ally who can who can say, wait, Amy said something really good just now. Mm-hmm. Or... Thank you for that idea. That's exactly what Amy said five minutes ago. (laughs) Yeah. So if you have somebody, friend of mine calls it reinforce her voice. If if you have some, yeah, you have an ally to do that. And of course you do it back. You you know, to be an ally, to recruit allies, you've got to be a good ally. Yeah. So you do that back and make sure 
And one of your allies should be the people who are leading the meeting. Yeah. Hopefully they are that. Most of the time, the people who are ignoring you aren't doing it on purpose. Hmm. Now, every once in a while, you've got someone who's threatened by you and who is actively putting you down. But most of the time, it's it's because you're not speaking a language they can hear. Hmm. And so if they are single focused and thinking about their thing, they're actually not listening. Yeah. So you have to speak up in a way that has you be listened to. Yeah. So now are we getting, now we're getting into script. Now we're getting into script, the words that you use. Exactly. Yeah. So strategy is who needs to know what's important to them. Who can my allies be? Have those conversations to create allies, active allies. I would also add to that, if anyone, if you're listening, taking notes, I would recommend write this down, is who do you want to have notice you and what do they care about? Mm -hmm. Um, I often think of it as strategic empathy. So if you put yourself in the shoes of your listeners, know your audience. That's the rule number one for any presenter mm-hmm. anywhere, whether it's within a meeting or on a stage or at a podium, know your audience. But then the next thing is, what do they need to believe about you in order to take you seriously? That's the part that most people forget. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening and you're one of the people who aren't being listen to, Mm -hmm. um, to listening to this podcast, jot that down because that will help you a lot. Then the script is, are the words that you use. And this is where I get back into, I get back to single focused thinking versus multi-focused thinking. Uh, Some people call it masculine versus feminine men's language versus women's language. But I know plenty of women who are single focused, especially when you're at the office Mm -hmm. and then multi-focused at home. And I have plenty of male clients who are multi-focused. The difference is the single focused people do one thing at a time, which um, I I wish I could do that because I'm easily distracted. So I wish I could do one thing at a time, which is great because that's how things get done. And Western business is built on those principles. It's the multi-focused people who see the side issues and the other things that might affect the the one focus. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the multi-focused people who will say, wait a minute, I know you want to build this beautiful new app, but our competitors already have it on the market. Yeah. So why are we building something new? And so I had a client who came to me and said, how can I get them to listen? They want to spend hundreds and thousands of dollars and hundreds of hours creating a new system. And no one has asked the client if they want it. Yeah. And that's the point where, where she hired me to say, how can I get them to hear this? That, you know, we want to make sure before we spend all this money. Yes. Uh, and so it's a matter of knowing who you're speaking to. If you are a single focus person and you have multi-focused people on your team, 
know that they need to be acknowledged. Another very important part of this is that for the single focus people, if they are focused on one thing, a multi-focus person has to make an appointment hmm. in order to get somebody's focus. Say you say you want to talk to your manager, for instance, mm-hmm. and your manager is working on a project. Make an appointment and say, I need to talk to you for about half an hour about the Smith account. When do you have time? Yep. Make the appointment and then shut up. Don't okay. don't keep talking because the okay. multifocused people will then keep talking. And the single focus, you know, single focus person is annoyed because they are focused on something else. Okay. The gift of that is that when you do have that appointment, yes, you are you get their focus. Now you're their single focus for that period of time. Right. Great. This is a way that people that the multifocus people sabotage themselves all the time. Ah, oh, okay. I I love this distinction, Elizabeth, between the single focus and the multifocus. I'm just thinking about how valuable it would be to bring awareness to that in teams and to yeah. begin to have people acknowledge for themselves, I'm in a single focus mode or I'm being multifocused at this time and just bringing that distinction and that language to our interactions. Well, and from the other side of it, for the single focus people who are listening to this, the multi-focus people think they've been heard ah. because multi-focus people can talk to other multi-focus people and you keep five ideas going at once. Uh-huh. And so if a multi-focus people person meets you in the hallway and says, oh, by the way, I'd like to talk about da-da-da-da-da, you need to make sure that you have listened and acknowledged them. Because otherwise they think that you don't like them. You know, I mean, that's that's another thing is this is particularly gender linked, is that when women are not heard, they tend to take it personally. Again, I don't know where that comes from. We are socialized that way. Yep. And then they think that the other person doesn't actually like them because they are relational. Yes. It's someone who's thinking in terms of relationships yes. instead of business. Yes. So if you are, if you are the single focus person, you could say, thank you. I heard you. I can't think about that now. Could we talk at five o'clock today? Yes. For instance. Yes. Yes. And that would avoid so many misunderstandings. I think just, just even categorizing it that way. Right, Elizabeth, because mm-hmm. I'm because I'm one of the people who would take it personally. Yeah. Right? I'm bringing something important to the table, you know, to this stream of work that we're engaged with right now. And if that gets dismissed, doesn't get heard, right? I'll take that personally instead of getting it's single focus. They're just focused on something else right now. This it's happened not about to- me. <laughs> This happened, a short story about this. Uh, My client, Maria, 
uh, Maria, she's a, a wonderful Latina. She's very, very involved in um, in a Silicon Valley company. Okay. She wanted a promotion. She had an idea. She wrote a proposal. Oh, and here's part two of this is she okay. was a multifocused person. Women are taught to hint instead of asking directly. She just dropped a hint. So what she did was she wrote up, she slaved over this fabulous proposal and sent it off to her manager, Jason. But instead of saying, here's my proposal for the promotion I want, she titled it, here's something I think you'll be interested in. Hmm. Jason saw the email came come in, didn't think it was important, said, I'll get back to it. And you know how that is. You get 200 emails a day. It went to page three or four in the inbox. Yeah. So after a week, Maria had been fretting about it. Then she, she called Jason and said, what did you think of my proposal? A week later, Jason said, what proposal? Mm-hmm. And because she hadn't said directly, single focused, told this single focused person that she she had that she wanted the promotion and here's what she thought she could do in that position and jason didn't said oh yeah yeah i'll get to it well maria thought that meant she hated him she told all her multi-focused friends about this who also reinforced clearly he hates you Mm -hmm. you've got to quit Mm -hmm. one of the friends knew me and said talk to elizabeth first and we sat down and we realized that it wasn't here. He just hadn't heard her. He hadn't understood. And she had not been direct enough to penetrate, to to get into his brain. And so she went back to him, made an appointment, talked about what she wanted. He read the proposal. He said, fabulous. Absolutely. Got it all set up. She got the promotion and she's now, she's now in a position where she is heard and valued. She's very visible. She's very valued. She could have just quit. Yes. She was ready to quit. Yeah. For a misunderstanding. Evidence that she should have, right? <laughs> yeah. It was it was a language issue. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's where I get really passionate about this is mm-hmm. understanding the way people speak to each other. That's the mm-hmm. style of strategy, script, and style is if you're understanding, if you're not speaking their language, they are not going to understand you, listen to you, hear you. Mm. Excellent. All right, Elizabeth, I'm going to pause us right here so I can tell the listeners more about you. Uh, really got into the conversation there with strategy, script, and style. And that's an excellent illustration with Maria's story. Elizabeth Bachman is a master in speaking, presentation skills, sales, and leadership. With a lifetime spent perfecting the art of presenting, she helps high-level clients master a message that brings the funding they need, the allies they want, and the recognition they deserve. She's a sought-after speaker and strategist in Silicon Valley, nationally and internationally. Elizabeth works with leaders and influencers who need to become concise and compelling presenters. She helps them present as smart, down-to-earth, loose, friendly, even funny, yet still to be taken seriously. Elizabeth is the host of the international podcast, Speakers Who Get Results. 
I recommend you take a listen, where she interviews experts on presentation skills, leadership, visibility, and cross-cultural communication. Having spent over 30 years directing such luminaries as Luciano Pavarotti and Placido Domingo in more than 50 operas around the world, Elizabeth brings a wealth of tools to help business professionals become respected presenters. Fluent in five languages, she brings her global experience to her clients. Thank you so much for being on the Courage of a Leader podcast today, Elizabeth. You've already shared so much great information with us. I'm glad you're here. Thank you, Amy. It's an honor to be your guest. Yeah, thank you. I know that you have the courage of a leader. I understand that you want leaders of competence and courage in your organization. I know you're focused on attracting, inspiring, and retaining top talent. So many of you requested an assessment to see where you are as a leader and where your team could be in terms of their success. So we have built for you the Inspire Your Team assessment. You can find this assessment at courageofaleader.com slash inspireyourteam. There's also a link in the show notes. When you take the assessment, which will only take you about 10 minutes to complete, you'll get a customized set of recommendations about how you can build leaders of competence and courage in your organization. You'll also be helping me out. This will be absolutely free. I just ask that you tell at least one person about the value you created for yourself through the assessment process. And you'll be giving me valuable research for my next article on the courage of a leader for pillars. Thank you so much. Click on the link in the show notes to take the assessment and help me out. You will be glad you did. Let's talk more about style. So I think this is where you're saying we're getting into our style. How do we speak their language? Mm -hmm. How do we do that, Elizabeth? How do we decipher? Here's the language they're speaking. Here's, here's how I can speak words and a style they'll understand. Telling stories is a great way to illustrate your point. It's also a great way to raise your visibility. You shift the way you communicate so that you can shift the way you are perceived. And there are many, many, many techniques. One of the ones that I use a lot is telling a, a small story like that, okay. that illustrates a problem. Another good way of doing that is if you're one of the people who's taken for granted, yes. track your achievements. I don't yeah. know if you do this in yeah. your company, but quite often people will say, what are your weekly goals? Uh, and that's fine. That If you set your weekly goals, say you do it Sunday night or Monday, mm -hmm. then on Friday, you want to tell your manager how, where did you get? And it's just three. It's maybe one paragraph. These are the three things I'm mostly working on this week. And then you, then you tell them, I like to do it Friday morning because mm -hmm. Then if something's come up during the week, the manager can say, actually, that's great, but forget forget point B, forget number two, because I need you to deal with this crisis instead. But then, but don't just do it in an email. Do it in a document. Mm. Keep a running track of it. And then every three or four weeks, 
look at what you've what you've accomplished. Mm. What are you really good at? And then make a story about it. Mm. Do a story okay. around uh, around what it is. So I solved a problem for Maria, for instance. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a that's a slightly longer version of just a one minute story of, you know, that problem we had with the client last week, I sat down with them and answered their questions. And they're now so excited to be using our software. They don't know how they ever lived without it. Mm -hmm. Boom. That's one. Because you say I sat down with, or I set up and I set up a meeting with them and, and the onboarding team Mm -hmm. so that you say that it was your idea Mm -hmm. with your team, and then you can sprinkle it into conversation. I think of it as seeds, planting seeds. You have to do it over time, dropping little things of, I care about this because this has to do with my with my history, or mm-hmm. here's something, here's some good news, mm-hmm. things like that. Those stories, that's something that you can do in a, in short chunks. It's not the time it takes to write a one hour speech. You can do that in short chunks and you have to do it with someone else. This is what we do in the visible and valued leadership certification program is we have a cohort. We have a series of cohorts where you work with somebody who can then reflect back to you. I don't know what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't understand why this matters or wait a minute. That's something important. Don't just gloss it over because it was easy for you. That's something that, that most people can't do. So tell a story about that. The more you can talk about, you know, the thing I'm really good at is da, 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 da. Uh Then you can, then people start noticing. And then they go to you as the subject matter expert. That's the way I often start. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a powerful way and a way we can ongoingly work on that. The, uh, the compliment of telling stories and tracking your achievements. Yeah. Right. Here's what I'm focused on. Here's what I'm accomplishing. And then working out what, what are the stories? What's the concise story I would tell about that? Yes. And having those words, I'm passionate about this, right? I'm seeing I provide value in these ways. Mm-hmm. I'm also thinking when we tell the story, Elizabeth, it's not just what we've accomplished. I mean, it's the so what. It it brings it to yes. life. It brings why some do we care emotion, some some impact, right? This customer said, I, I can't I can't imagine how we ever lived without this solution. Uh-huh. Yes. That, that's the other thing that's so important, uh, is what's the benefit again to your listeners? Who are the people who care? Um, for instance, my client Janet was stuck at senior director for 13 years. Okay. She was senior director over and over. She's super smart. She's a tech person. And she was always solving problems for the company. Never got acknowledged. Never got a raise. Never got a promotion. So by the time she called me up, she said, 
I have another problem they want me to solve. I know how to solve it, but this time I want the recognition for it. And so what we did was positioned it as her strategic plan. And then she went to every le- every person at sea level. Mm-hmm. There were seven of them. She went to the seven top sea level people. Mm-hmm. Each one, she said, this is my strategic thinking about how to solve this problem. And I'd like your advice about this. So for each one, it was the thing that that other person cared about. Sometimes it was, I'm going to have to work with this other department. You know them so much better than I do. Can you help me? How do you suggest I approach it? But basically she enrolled them Mm. as her allies in the project. And they were so excited that the next time they had uh, they had an executive meeting, they created a new vice presidential position for her. Wow. So she did the project she was going to do already. She already knew how to solve the problem. She solved the problem, but she got the raise, the promotion, and the recognition just by the way she talked about it. Lovely. My strategic thinking. Mm-hmm. Terrific. So if I am a people leader, Elizabeth, I take away from this conversation already. You've given us so much, so much great information that if you're a leader, you want to raise your visibility, right? Start telling stories, start tracking Mm -hmm. your accomplishments and what you're, what you're working on. Uh, Start to think about things in terms of, am I in a single focus or a multi-focus? place right now begin to come become aware of how that is playing out on your team mm-hmm. right maybe even sharing that distinction with your team and how yes. can we make sure that if someone's in single focus mode and we want to bring something else to the conversation what's the best way to do that make an appointment mm-hmm. schedule another time right so that it can become that single focus Anything else that you would offer to people leaders in making sure they're heard and making sure the people on their team are heard? Because there's too many great ideas that get glossed over in our world. Right. Well, as a leader, make sure that everybody on your team is heard. Yeah. And one of the things that has worked very well when I'm working with teams is to talk about what are your communication styles and what are your thinking styles? Some people can make decisions just boom. They know they, they make fast decisions. Other people have to think about it for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. So the people who make fast decisions, they need the people who are thinking about it because those who are thinking about it are going to come up with objections that the fast decisions don't, really don't mean might miss. Yep. And the people who take time and who are going to give you way more information than you need, they need to know how to be concise, get to the point. Those are often the multifocused thinkers. And you you just need to know how to value them. Mm. So that you know that the people who are the idea people and the exciting people and the the ones who have a million ideas a a second, really need the list checkers Mm. to keep them going. 
I know for me, for instance, I surround myself with people who are better at that kind of thing than I am. I, I do, I usually wind up implementing the fourth, third or fourth version of something. The first idea, you know, I may have three or four ideas. I have empowered my team. I've asked my team to check me. What do you really think? Do you really mean this? And so we go back three and four times because I know that for me, usually the fourth idea is better than the first idea. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I am married to somebody whose first idea is usually best, but mm-hmm. who needs to have other people implement it for her. So, you know, my wife mm-hmm. makes snap decisions and I've had to learn to speed myself up and she has to learn to slow herself down in order for us to um, function together. Yes. That seems like another important distinction for teams to be overt about and talk about who are our processors who need some more time to pull their ideas together to be able to share them in a concise way. Yeah. How can we how can we talk about who's in which camp and how do we make conversations work for both of them? I feel like we we miss too many of the great ideas from right. people who need a little bit of time to process, but are going to bring together some pieces of the puzzle in a way that others are not seeing. I highly recommend doing personality type analyses. Yeah, I mean, you can do you know it could be Myers Briggs, the Enneagram, the sixteen personalities, uh, yeah. DISC. There there are lots of them out there. Bring somebody in from outside to manage it mm. because you really need the outside eye. So you you really want to hire a trainer to take you through it. But once you know it and you've talked about it, it makes life so much better. Yes. There's There's a team I've been working with for the last couple of years, and I've been working closely with someone else who really specializes in the personality types. And it has now become the team in that company that everybody wants to be on because that's the team that really functions, really talks to each other. Yes. And nobody wants to work in that other division. They always want to work on the division that we're doing it because we take the time to talk about how does Jose need to get um, Matthias's attention. Yes. And where does Susan fit in? Mm-hmm. And how do we do that? It just, you have to dedicate the time, but, but the results are really worth it. Yes. And it's giving objective language to communication style preference differences. Right. I think this is a theme, Elizabeth, I think that's been running through the conversation today. How can we make our style and our approach overt? And how can we talk about that with others? Are we in single focus mode or multi-focus mode? Are we processing fast or slow on this one? What's our style? What's our approach? Right. And when we can talk overtly about our process and not just about the content. Yes. It can really improve the interaction and the ideation. You know, it is the natural human tendency to assume that everybody else thinks the way you do. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I find that, you know, I've been working internationally for 40 years now Mm -hmm. and the way trying to put my, my brain into the, put myself in the shoes of my German clients or my Austrian clients, or when I'm working with Japanese and it, you know, I do a lot around language and how do you, how do you speak English if it is your third or fourth language and the third or fourth language for your, for your listeners? Yeah. It's putting yourself in the shoes of your listeners. Mm. And the temptation is to think that everybody's going to understand what I say, because I understand it. So you have to actively remember that they might not. Yeah. Yes. And when we're putting together a presentation, messaging, ideas for a meeting, my, my strategic thinking, whatever it is, going first to the audience. Yeah. Who are they? What do they care about? What do they want to hear about? And how can I adjust my script? That's the strategy part, right? Yep. And then how do I adjust my script and my style so that I can be heard? And just to add one other one other piece is uh, we're in an, in a very international world now. So there are many, many teams with people, you know, people are calling in from five different time zones. Be aware when you speak that you need to actually speak clearly Mm -hmm. and use words that they will understand. If you're doing a presentation to a multilingual audience, make sure that you slow down, Mm -hmm. stop at a period, Stop Mm -hmm. at a paragraph, Mm -hmm. give people time to listen. So I'm, I'm slowing down and enunciating here that I learned from the opera singers as working with opera singers, diction, you know, opera singers are constantly singing in a language that is not the language that they, they grew up with and they're singing, which is even harder. Yeah. So you have to function on, you have to pay attention to, where are the pauses? Where are the periods? Where do the new ideas come in? Mm-hmm. I think of it often as people, pauses, and paragraphs. Oh, nice. Strategy, script, style, people, pauses, paragraph. Right. Paragraphs. Yes. Really, really great information, um, Elizabeth. So many practical techniques that you've given us that we can all begin to implement right away. Thank you for being on the podcast today, Elizabeth. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure. It's been an honor. Thank you for listening to the Courage of a Leader podcast. If you'd like to further explore this episode's topic, please reach out to me through the Courage of a Leader website at www.courageofaleader.com. I'd love to hear from you. Please take the time to leave a review on iTunes. That helps us expand our reach and get more people fully stepping into their leadership potential. Until next time, be bold and be brave because you've got the Courage of a Leader.